0: People think that you have to have a degree. People think that you have to have a license. People think that you, well, you have to have a license that you get through the state. You have to have a degree. People think that you have to have a medical background, medical training, but that's just not the truth. So I'm trying to change our thinking, people of our color, people white, black, Asian, whatever color they are, because the more people that I can help open up companies mean that that's more assets for people to be able to get home healthcare services in that area. Especially people of color, too. And people of color, too. So, at the end, so that's what I'm more focused on. Like, I get on here, I play around, I make jokes about me being a millionaire, I make jokes about this. <laughs> but at the end of the day, my core reason is being able to help people become millionaires. I believe there are certain people put here in this life to be able to dedicate and be able to give up their happiness and everything that they want and need to be able to help other people out.
1: What's good people? Welcome to another episode of First Generation Wealth Builders, man. Today, I got a very, very unique guest doing very, very dope stuff. And again, remember, we interview dope people who do dope things, and we figure out the relationship that they have with real estate. So today, man, I got my guy, Jonathan Gooch, man. What's happening? Well, what's up, boss? Chilling, man. I appreciate you coming by, brother. I mean, anytime you call me, you know, I show up. <laughs> yeah. And you called me last minute, but it is what it is. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Um, So, man, for those who don't know you, um, let them know who John, Jonathan Gucci is, bro. Oh,
0: so, to put it short, I sell drugs. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, but that's the thing that most people expect when they see successful young black people. Fast, like It's so fast. funny because a lot of times, a lot of places that I go, you know, when I get out the Lamborghini or... Like when the ADT guy come to my mansion and come like have to come do stuff, they all be like, oh, what do you do? You do music, you in the industry, you play sports, or you sell drugs. Fact. But to let people know that I don't do any of those things, even though I joke around a lot. But I do a couple of things. I actually own a non-emergency ambulance company. I also own an in-home nursing program where I send out nurses, CNAs, and LPNs to take care of people inside the home who typically can't take care of themselves. Mm. Um, I also send out nurses to help at schools. So I got school nurses, um, and I have a staffing agency too that deal with nursing care.
1: Got you, man. That's a mouthful, bro. I know. It's a lot, isn't it, right? Uh, What you do before all of this, man?
0: No, so I was a tattoo
1: artist. Yeah,
0: I I was a tattoo artist for 10 years, maybe a little bit longer than 10 years. Never got a tattoo myself. You don't got no tattoos. None. Finessed everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> number, number one finesser. <laughs> never got a tattoo in my life. You never had an interest. You never had an idea that you wanted to put on so your body.
0: I, when I so I started doing tattoos back when I was 18 in high school. I actually went through an apprenticeship. So when I went through my apprenticeship, I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and draw my tattoo, which I did. But then I was surrounded so much that it just kind of lost the flair of me Mm. actually having one. And then I see how much pain everybody else was going through. And I'm like, you know what your mama say? If your friend jump off a cliff, you're going to jump off with him? Nope. So I was not going down that road. But but I I was surrounded around almost kind of like a barber who hair always be fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the thing about it, they just surround it so much. They're just like, I don't really care. Tripping. Yeah, I'm not tripping about having it. And then after a couple of years passed, then I was like, yeah, I'm not getting a tattoo ever in my life. Dead. Nothing against it, but you know, it just ain't, it's just not fun. I was just surrounded about 24 hours ago. You from Atlanta? Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. Kyle yeah.
1: Sparks, Bubba Sparks, Let's say. <laughs> See, look, hey, look all, all, the, all the people up under, like, 25 not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. What's that? Uh, booty, 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 booty everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I got yeah, that, you. That, yeah, you know. I'm tracking. Definitely right. so. Awesome. So, you know what I mean? You went from being a tattoo artist to now having a uh, home health care service. Yes. How did, what happened there? Like, what was the transition? Like, what? what who, who introduced you to this, and how did that happen?
0: So, basically, when I was in high school, um, when I was in high school, I came up with the idea of, I did go to college, but the funny thing is, it took me 10, I didn't graduate college at 27, with my bachelor's degree. So, I'll tell you about that in a second. You ain't the only one, bro. <laughs> so, so, look, so, let me tell you, so when, I, so when I was in high school, in my mind, I said, I, you know how you have that day where you pick what you want to go to school for, want to go to college for, what mm-hmm. degrees you want to take up? In my mind, I said, what's one thing that we have to have? regardless of anything else, mm. we have to have healthcare. Thanks. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, everybody want to be a doctor. I'm like, I don't want to be a doctor. What I've noticed is when I look at hospitals, doctor offices and places like this, usually the business office for those are three or four times bigger than the actual facility that's doing the care. Mm. So my mom, she was a nurse for 30, right, right now it's about 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. When I used to go visit her at the hospital, we would pass through the business park to get to the hospital the way that we came in through the back entrance, um, all the employees came through. And the business park was literally four times bigger than Atlanta Medical Center. Atlanta Medical Center is downtown. Is that Their business park is right across the street. Got you, and when I say it's literally four times bigger than their hospital, it's ridiculous. So in my mind I said, "Hold up! Wait a minute! This this something's not making sense." The people that actually provide the care work inside this hospital, but the business office is four times bigger. So I don't have to provide the care. Mm. I need to be on the back end because it's a lot more employees. There's a lot more going on. Everybody want to get in healthcare because they want to. They think that that's the only way that they can provide help is being a doctor, being a nurse. But at the end of the day, you go to school for twelve years. You go to school for six years, and you come out making what one hundred and fifty. I noticed that the C- You
1: probably go to school longer yeah, 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 to yeah, make you, that.
0: Yeah, you go to school longer to make that. You know and then nurses come out of school making $40,000 a year, mm-hmm. which congratulations to them. Like, you know, nurses really do most of the work. Facts. But in my mindset, I'm like, okay, I go to school for 12 years, become a doctor, make 150K. <clears throat> this CEO of this company, the CEO of the hospital, he's making two, three million dollars a year. Mm. And he has to go to school less time. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, something's not adding up. I got to figure something out. So I was like, let me go to school for healthcare administration. So I did my tattoo apprenticeship. I became a tattoo artist. And between that time, that that 10-year time, I was just doing tattoos and I was going to school. I would take one semester off, go to school for one semester, maybe take up two classes, then do a full load. But then I started paying for school out of pocket. My mom was like, look, when you graduate college, you're not going to be in a whole bunch of debt. So, what we're going we to do is. That
1: shit hit different.
0: Yeah, it do. It do hit <laughs> different. So, now doing that full load books and all that, yeah, I'm paying for one class here too. But I was a tattoo artist. Right. And I was making very, very good money. Like, doing being a tattoo artist, I probably made around 70, 80K. But I'm 19 years old making 70, 80,000.
1: That's good money at
0: that age. Great money at that age. I mean, anybody, you 18, 19, and you coming out making that amount. It's lit. Yeah, I'm lit in the city. I'm going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got a condo in Atlantic Station, all this. I'm going crazy. So, But my thought pattern was still the same. So my friend Brad, what he ended up coming with, he owned personal care homes. Okay. And he was making a lot of money. So, what's a personal care home? So, a personal care home is a home where individuals come stay at your property. Okay, you don't have to own that property; you can actually rent
1: that property, but it's just a lot of red tape. Gotcha. Because I got rentals, so I was just thinking—is yeah. there something I could do, or somebody no, no. that got real estate okay, can do? Okay, so
0: so, so now, yes, it is something that people, somebody can do in real estate. So let me give you this game real quick. With a personal care home, they would the state will allow for individuals who have mental disabilities mm-hmm. and have medical disabilities come stay at your home. You know, you have to every room have to be certain dimensions. Right, you right. know, it's stuff like that that you have to go through. You have to right. get licensed through the state. But right now the going rate for one person staying in your home is somewhere around $4 to $5,000. Wait, man, wait, wait, wait. So like they don't got the whole home, they got a room though, right? They got a room. So so you can have typically And then what I've come to know is they won't allow homes up under four beds at least to even get inside these programs. Mm. Um, So what happens is you got a home that has, and then the thing is you can actually use your rental or you can use an older individual who actually have their own home. So what essentially happens is you go to somebody who's old and be like, hey, I see that you're old, you're retired, you have this nice home. I want to put some individuals inside the home and pay you X amount of dollars to watch over these four, five, six individuals. In your mind, you're like, oh, I mean, how much you going to pay them? But if I just retire and somebody come to me and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you eight $9,000 to watch over these five individuals every month. Now you're like, wait a minute. I sit at home all day anyway. All Can't I got to do your... is just feed them. I got to do this. So that's what my friend Bradford did. Got you. So after that, he ended up coming up with what I give in, what I actually do now, which is... um private home care provider. Understood. So what I do now is I send out nurses, CNAs, and LPNs to take care of individuals in their homes. The reason why I like this more is because I don't have to own a home. If you are in real estate, you own homes and things like this, you can easily go out and go hire a CNA, go hire somebody who don't have anywhere to stay, put get them their CNA certificate and get them through the program and then put them in one of your houses. And now you're paying them hourly. Now you don't got to pay them eight $9,000 a month. Now you're paying them three or $4,000 a month and they got a place to stay to watch individuals. But I like scalability. See- what I've come to come find out is, poor people worry about the front end. Wealthy, rich people worry about the back end. Thanks. So what I've come to come up with, I don't care about trying to get four or five thousand dollars per individual for the month. Give me the small. I want the small number. So for what I do, I probably get paid maybe anywhere between seven to twenty five dollars an hour, depending on what type of case I have. So most people think about it, if I have a case, most of my cases, I probably make around eight dollars an hour. Okay. So that's $8 an hour times 40 hours a week. Mm. What that in, ends up being, isn't that like $320 or something? Somewhere around
1: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere yeah,
0: around there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's $320. Most people like $320 off of a case, but all I did was place a CNA inside of a home with a kid that has a disability that might have cerebral palsy. People with cerebral palsy, or kids with cerebral palsy, or adults with cerebral palsy, typically they cannot walk, they cannot talk. They cannot feed themselves. Their muscle masses look like I have kids that are 18 years old who weigh 50 pounds. Mm. So my CNA goes inside the home and take care of them. Why my CNA inside the home? I typically get paid $20 an hour. I pay my CNA 12, 13, 14. I take a home around $8 an hour. So I made $320. That's what I take home after paying them.
1: But if I'm doing math right, that's just for one eight-hour shift. See, the, You're not well, talking about well, the well, other...
0: no, well, no, that's one eight-hour... That's one 40-hour shift for a week making Correct. $8, which is $320. Right. But this is where things get tricky. Okay. So now that $320 times four mm. is what? Three, six twelve. Um, let's just say... $1,300. Yeah, let's say like somewhere around $1,300. Yeah. yeah, around $1,300. Now that $1,300 times 12, because these kids have to get care, Every, um you know oh, every day round. every week year round so now that 1300 turned into what 15 sixteen thousand
1: right and let's
0: just be realistic so let's say you know they're not going to work every day let's just bring that number from 15 16 down to 12.
1: fair
0: let's just be real fair because I don't right. like hyping up numbers getting people all hyped so 12 thousand off one case if I get 10 cases like this that's 120 thousand where all I've done is I'm just a middleman I operate like a staffing agency All I do is I go get the contracts and I go get the employees. I meet up and I make sure that employees follow what they're supposed to do while they're inside the homes. And I hold the paperwork so when the state come in and audit me, that I have everything in order. Understood. That's all that I do. So I'm a staffing agency. So at this point, I can grow faster than a private home because a private home, you have to get the home, you have to do it. Like I said, if you already have the real estate and have the rentals and stuff, it's a game changer. That's easy. But for somebody like me who I didn't have the money to go invest into homes and things like this, I could grow way faster doing this. Gotcha. So Makes I do scalability. Sense. But the thing is, once you get into what I do, when you look at most of the people who do what I do, mm-hmm. I ask people all the time, like, how many people do you know that own any type of medical facility, any type of home health care agency or anything like that? Like honestly, how many people outside of me and Brad? Man, I only know one, Hootie. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and, only what, know one. and what And what does he what does he do exactly? Uh, same same thing you do. He has a staffing agency. Uh, okay. In Indianapolis, Indiana, though.
0: Okay. Okay, and he does um, healthcare, right?
1: Yes, he does. He does it in different states though as well. But he does the home in home
0: healthcare. Okay. And but the thing is, when you look around, it's so many jobs that's created in the healthcare field, but you rarely ever know anybody that owns the businesses. Facts. So in my, I'm like, why, How is that even possible? Because typically the people that own these own these businesses. Just aren't in your tax bracket.
1: Mm. So you never
0: get to know them. Mm. That's where shit starts getting real. Yeah, because who do, you do make numbers. You
1: don't know
0: hoodie do for that though. Correct. Correct. I mean, I cause, agree. cause I mean, you got hospitals, urgent care, doctor offices, rehabilitation clinics. All this stuff isn't government owned. Most of it's not. It's privately owned. Mm. So where are all these like you know people that might own the Wendy's, McDonald's, all these other organizations, all these other businesses? but you don't know anybody that actually owns a doctor office. Why is this? Mm-hmm. Because these people that own these type of organizations and companies just aren't in your tax bracket. Mm-hmm. They're somewhere and no other different. Because once you get into what I do, you start doing multiple things. That's why I do non-emergency ambulance. That's why I start staffing schools. That's why I do
1: COVID-19 so hold vaccinations. On, hold, on. hold on, hold on. Before you go that far, I do have a question about, like, having a rental property and leasing it out though, Okay, real yes. quick. So, like, is my liability that much higher by doing that, though, you know what I'm saying. By having them in my facility,
0: so the only problem with having them in your facility is
1: you have to cover. So let's say you have an individual that
0: is a smart ass, <laughs> one that literally would. I mean, you know, this is situations my friend Bradford went through where they would buck and be like, "F you, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and if you don't give me what I want, I'm breaking this TV behind me, and you're gonna have uh, to replace it." Oh man, that's what a lot like. So then, when you deal with certain, then they pay you more money. There's been times where they would pay you nine or ten thousand dollars to take care of one individual. But this one individual. It ain't he probably worth it. It's not worth like, it. He's gonna be a terrorist. You know what nah. I'm saying? And emotional terror, and when I mean like he will put his hands on the caregivers mm. type of situations. So that, that's the type that. of that's a well, but then you get other type where now you can just deal with elderly people who, you know, have dementia, things like this. It's real easy. You might they might pay you $3,500, something like that for got it. You. But but it's an easy case. I got it. I got you know, it. it's, it's definitely an easy case because at the end of the day, when you have to say, look at the work that you have to do. If you own a rental property, you put somebody in it to rent the property. Mm-hmm. You might end up, let's say if the rent is $2,500, mm-hmm. your mortgage might be $500, $600 or something. Mm-hmm. So you might make $800, $1,000 off of that a month. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you Airbnb it out. Now when you Airbnb it out, Now your profit, you might end up making off of one rental, 15,000 a month, 10 to 15,000 a month. Somewhere around there. That, That's I
1: mean. if we rent your house, bro. Not, <laughs> not, not, not my oh, little rentals. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh wait. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So so, so right, my, my bad. I'm if we rent your house, yeah. But okay. if we rent my right, rentals, we ain't doing that. We gonna on. do three
1: thousand.
0: Yeah, I mean my mansion, but you know I'm not gonna correct you too many more times. So like, <laughs> but what I'm sitting saying is, Sandy, <laughs> I mean look, let's be honest. Like if I sit here, you know I, I got my truck outside. Right. If I sit here and I go out in my truck, I'm about to see. If I sit here and say yeah, I'm not might go jump in my Lamborghini, you're gonna be like, bro, you in your truck. So my house isn't houses. Imagine, you
1: know, let's just make, let's just make sure we get it right. Look, I'm literally playing. I'm literally playing. No, look, I'm literally playing. But,
0: but, but no, no, but but yeah. So I mean, sorry. So uh, wait, wait, for the average Airbnb, they probably bring home like around six k, five six thousand. No doubt. Probably the average Airbnb. Right, right. But if you put individuals inside a home and you have four to six individuals, and they're paying you four grand a piece now. Off of instead of making six K off of the Airbnb and have to be worried about people booking, having to pay somebody to come clean up, having to take care of if somebody have a party and if your Airbnb is in a place where they don't want Airbnbs right, right. and Airbnb and over. It. The difference between Airbnb and private homes are Airbnb is a necessity in a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. These private care homes, that's a need. Facts. These individuals have to be there. Somebody have to take care of them. That's why I got into healthcare. Because this this is the actual need. What I do, I can walk in any room and I can tell an individual that regardless of whatever you have going on, you're going to need me one day. Mm. I don't care. I don't care about wars. I don't care about poverty. I don't care about what the economy is doing. Like they're saying inflation. They're saying we're about to go through another recession. They're saying the housing market is going to fail. COVID-19. Throughout all of that. Your bag was still good. My bag was still Throughout COVID 19, I made more money, which is crazy.
1: Mm. Why but is that?
0: Because at the end of the day, I end up making more money because more people start staying at home. I end up becoming where I could provide COVID-19 vaccinations. That's the thing about healthcare. Once you're in it and you hold certain licenses, it's easier to get other licenses. Gotcha. It's the same, but it's all about knowledge. Right. If I come to you and I sit here and say, bro, I need to make 000, 000 in a million dollars in in a year. You're going to be like, shit, that's easy, Goose. Come on, this is easy. Like, you're going to take A, B, C, and D. Right. If I come to an individual, and say, who own 20 Chick-fil-A's and say, hey, I want to open up a Chick-fil-A, they're going to be like, that's easy. But mm-hmm. to the outside world looking in, it's not easy because we don't have the knowledge. And that's anything. Something that you
1: should know, though. So, I applied <laughs> to get a Chick-fil-A in 2018. <laughs> it <laughs> was 43,000 applicants. No mm-hmm. bullshit. Um, I'm in Indianapolis. I mm-hmm. wanted one in Cali. Mm-hmm. And I came down to the last 200 before I got cut. I went through nine interviews. Wow. Like, trying to get a Chick-fil-A is like trying to win the lottery, no, bro. No, uh, and
0: then let me ask this. How much do the average Chick-fil-A owner actually make? Uh,
1: anywhere between—it <sighs> uh, depends on the store. But right now, anywhere between a half mil to 700 But they're owner-operators. That means that they actually um, manage the store and operate and own the store. But— <laughs> They own their own LLC, meaning that when they're done with their tenure, Mm -hmm. they actually walk away and that store is awarded to the next candidate to operate it.
0: But you know, the funny thing is most people don't even understand that. What I've come to my friend, he owns like 12 McDonald's.
1: Wow. And this is way back in the day. See, I need to start hanging out with you, bro. Because hey, you said, you know what he said to me? He tried to flip it on me. He said, Eric, if you if, you, if I asked you how to make a million, you was going to tell me just like that. Bro, we all trying to figure that out. <laughs> no, <laughs> you go didn't. Ahead. No. But, but so, go ahead. Uh, you so, was, you so, was telling so, me about uh, so McDonald's. He, so he
0: owns 12 McDonald's. Fun funny thing is, back in the day, he told me, he said, you know, the funny thing is, I really can't even say I own this McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He said they own the property, they own the licenses, they own the rights. All I do is just manage it. He said, if I was to get in trouble, if I was to break their contract, if this McDonald's was to get bad publicity, they would take it away from me with the quickness. within has a drop of a dime. Thanks. So he was like, how can I own something that somebody else can take away from me? He said, McDonald's is very smart because they own the actual land that any McDonald's out here, nobody owns that land except for the corporation of McDonald's. So if I own the land and own the building and you're just leasing the building from me, I could take it away from you for what I'm pretty sure they have a clause in there that says, if you fuck up, we can take this away from you. So they don't own it. Any most of these corporations and stuff, most of these businesses, they just own the license Facts. to operate it. Mm-hmm. But you know, we like to get the big head. I own it, nigga. You don't own that. <laughs> like, let's just be completely honest. You know what I'm saying? If I go give you about a thousand bad reviews, I promise you have to answer to somebody <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> let's just be honest. You gotta answer True. to somebody at the end of the day. So, you know, just throughout my time, I'm just knowing having the knowledge means everything. So that's why I tell people, you know, it, people want to do all these amazing things out of life, which is, I, I understand. But it's better if you get a coach or a mentor to help you because just like with what I've done, I've put in a lot of years. I've made a lot of mistakes in opening and I'm running my company. Just like you have, just like anybody else have out here Thanks. in this world. So it's easier to pay somebody to be able to learn all the mistakes that they've made and how to do things the right way. The funny thing is, we learn all this information and we don't even understand where it's coming from or how to utilize it, but we use it every day. The same one, when you get hired for a job, Mm -hmm. what happens when you hire hired for a job? They send you through training. You literally get trained by somebody else. Why is that? Why do you get trained by somebody else when you get the, hired?
1: They got the experience. They got the you can leverage their knowledge and everything they done and before.
0: everything they done before. Mm-hmm. So why not do the same thing when you want to go out here and be an entrepreneur and open up businesses and things like that? Got you. So that's why I try to explain to people and anybody that owns a McDonald's or want to own a McDonald's Chip is like it makes sense to be able to get out and invest in yourself by investing in other people's time. And that's the best way to be able to become successful and become knowledgeable and get other knowledge because you can get out and do it yourself, hey, by far. But it's easier, it's almost kind of like me telling you, I put you in a dark room and sit here and say, hey, make it to the door. And I turn you around 15 times and you're in the maze. But if I put you in that dark room and give you a map, yeah, and I give you a map and I give you a flashlight and I show you the way that I've taken to get to success, then I promise you will be more successful or more successful quicker. Mm. But I do have to tell people this at the same time. What I hate running into is people sitting there saying that X, Y, and Z told me to do it this way, so I'm going to listen to them, and I'm only going to listen to them because they make X amount of money. Mm. So it's almost kind of like this. Um, I'm going to listen to my friend who makes $50 million a year doing X, Y, and Z in my profession, but they're not even in your profession. They just make $50 million a year doing whatever they're doing. But because they make so much money, you take that word as God, take that word as gold. What I want to tell people is what you have to do is if I tell you something, you tell you something, and five other people tell you something, how to be successful, you don't only pick one person. You take everything that everybody have told you, you put it in one box. You mix it up and you use whatever works for you. It applies to you. No doubt. Because I might tell you to go right, you might tell them to go left, the other person might tell them to go straight. If they only listen to me and go right, go only the directions that I've told them, that may not work for them. Facts. I wake up at like 11 10, 11 o'clock days. Somebody else might wake up at 5 a.m. Right. So who you're gonna believe? Only the person that's more successful? No, because what I I might be more successful, but the person tell you wake up at five, that might work better for you. Facts. So we got to get out of this mindset of only thinking and looking at successful people. Everybody have knowledge about something, gotcha. whether they're
1: poor, whether they're rich. It's being more open-minded about and being more of a sponge and applying what works for you to your and, path. Yeah, to, and, and that's what I took to open
0: up my businesses. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to have any college degree. Mm. You don't have to have any medical training, any medical background to own the type of companies that I own. You only have to have the knowledge of knowing that you can own this type of company without having that type of degrees and things like this. Mm. But when you think about, man, I want to own this type of home healthcare service side, don't you have to have a nursing degree or a college degree or something? No, you don't. You just don't know the knowledge of how to be able to do it without having those. And the great thing is, I have that knowledge. So that's why I help so many individuals be able to open up their own services and things like that because my industry is actually growing. Mm-hmm. So they said in the next 10 years that we're growing where we are going to hire another, I want to say 24 24% hiring is needed in the next 10 years, wow. which is more than any other industry. Any other industry, we're growing the fastest. Is that because of the baby boomers? So what's happening is the baby boomers now are getting to the point where they're older, they're pulling from social security, they're starting to retire. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's more than just that. You look at all the food that we're eating, you look at Mm -hmm. just health in general. It's like it's almost, you know how they're getting ready to middle class? It's almost Mm the same thing with us. It's either you're healthy or you're not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's no in between no more. Especially with the COVID. Especially with the COVID and things like this. So, Mm -hmm. But everything's starting to move to home healthcare. Now, when you want to go to the doctor, you can just... It's an app on your phone. You talk to your doctor like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you need when you need your actual blood and stuff pulled, they're sending a nurse out to come take your blood and stuff inside of the home. My company actually does that. Got you. So now they'll hire a company like mine to come in. We come in, pull your blood, send it away to the lab. Your insurance pays my company to do that. That's it. Mm. Everything's moving to the home.
1: Versus- what percentage? What percentage of care... It's done at home, right? About now, mm-hmm. I want to say
0: probably like around thirty gotcha. percent, twenty five to thirty percent, actually moving into the home healthcare. Gotcha. But, but I mean, just just home in general. Gotcha. That's nursing homes, anything out. So skilled nursing facility are like, our um, hospitals and things like that. But then you got rehabilitation, then you got other places, OT, PT, and things like that. Home healthcare, all that stuff up under there is probably about 30 percent.
1: Got you. So, that's growing what's competition like, you know what I mean, for somebody who is new? You know what I'm saying? your experience, You have relationships. You know, I took your course. I'm not going to go execute this. I want to do my—I want to become an owner and do this. When I go out there to do it, though, and I don't have any, you know, referrals, references, and or experience, what's competition out there like? All right, so the the great thing you
0: actually mentioned that, me because I actually just— signed up with a company that they actually give referrals to home healthcare agencies across the nation. Oh, you got a cheat code. Yeah, I got a cheat code.
1: <laughs> so, so, so
0: my students and stuff, I give them access to this network where they'll be getting two or three referrals a month from this service. Can 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 you do that in Indiana too? You can do it. In, it, don't matter, it don't matter where you are. So it don't matter. And all the bigger companies... In the state of Georgia, all the bigger companies work with this one agency and stuff like this. Gotcha. So they get a lot of referrals. But outside of all of that, to more directly answer your question without even using the service and things like this, mm-hmm. when you think about home health care or healthcare in general, if you get sick right now, let's say right now, you know, let's say not you, somebody right now in this room, fall out, having a heart attack. When the ambulance come get them, they're going to take them to the closest hospital. Mm-hmm. They don't care about whatever. They, they're going to take them wherever they need to be able to survive. I agree. In healthcare, that's what matters. We don't so much look into. It's almost kind of like when you have to go to the doctor, do you call your friend and say, hey, what doctor do you go to? Let me mm. go to your doctor. No, you go to Google and you look up the closest doctor in the area. Mm. When it comes to home health care, we look up whatever is closest to us. When I go to the dentist, I moved way from the south side. Now I stay in Buckhead. I just look up the dentist right up the street. Makes sense. Now, I do the same thing. So in home healthcare, it's the same thing. And the thing, what I love about home health care is we really don't have loyalty to any home health care or any home health care service. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a service provider. My clients, they have loyalty to me because they've been with me for years. But anybody who's not one of my clients, they could care less. Mm-hmm. So when they're searching, they're just searching for whoever the closest they can provide care. How could you create loyalty, though? Because, I mean, that's important. Retention in any type of business is key, though, right? So so it's a couple of things. I always say go outside the box. Do more than what the next person would do. Give me an example of some things you would do
1: in your industry to increase retention with your clients.
0: So one of the things that I do is when I actually sign up a new client, I actually handwrite a card to them saying, thank you for signing up with me, X, Y, Z. So actually, so I had somebody new sign up with me yesterday. I want you to read the message that I actually wrote them. All right, so look, so read, read that message right there of what I wrote them, because basically they signed up, um, they have a, a son that's sick, they're getting into my program, and she was like, okay, text me over your information and have your nurse call me. Mm-hmm. But read what I wrote her after the after she signed up, me just sending her my information.
1: Got you. It was great speaking with you today. I'm really excited to be working with you and your family. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to me. We're always here to help.
0: See? something, So something simple like this. Me sitting here saying, I'm really excited to be working with you and your family. You think that's something small, but I know other home health agencies. It personalizes yeah, it. personalizes it of me saying. So something like that. I will handwrite a note to them. You know, I will check up on them. Anything that they need done, I'm there for them. They could call me night or day. Gotcha. So I've paid people rent before.
1: Oh, you one of them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I like that. That's that's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> but no, but no, I've paid people, but then another thing, we donate a lot of money to different charities and things like this. I um I invite a lot of the people that's in my programs to come out. Like we're having a big Halloween party.
1: Gotcha. Coming up this weekend. We ain't getting no we ain't getting no invitation, Mike. Uh, well, Man.
0: It's for kids with special needs. <laughs> <I got you. laughs> yeah, I'm so, it's, so, so it's, it's for kids with special needs. But I'm um, so I do a lot of things like this. Got so you. I play more onto the fact that when you have individuals that are sick, they're limited. Mm-hmm. I try to open up the door and make sure that they have different options of things that they're able to do and they have mm. a lot of different support. So the way I, I actually keep retention is at the end of the day, these people only want somebody in their home on time. Mm. That, that's literally what they come down to being, and they want good communication. So I make mm. sure that we have good communi- good communication. I have systems in place, policies and procedures in place to make sure that we're always on time and communication is always open. And what I've come to know in the home health care service is don't lie. Mm. You get a lot of people that come in and say, come, other services come and say, we're going to make sure we're going to staff you 24-7. If somebody misses a day, we're going to have somebody replace them. X, Y, and Z. I come in. I don't say none of that stuff. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with them. I come in I say, hey, this is home health care. At the end of the day, right now in the home health care industry, it's being shaken up. So if one of our employees have to miss, more than likely we won't be able to have somebody fill
1: in, at least not immediately. But don't you think that it'll hurt you like you know that might if you tell me that if I have a if I have a job where mm-hmm. I'm going in on a five and I have a, a child that needs uh, care or or uh, a relative that needs care, And you say that to me, I understand that you're ethically trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But for somebody to be like, oh, I'll be there 24-7, I'm going to be more prone to like bite on that apple versus yours.
0: And then you know what ends up happening? They go there and they come back to you. They come back. In home health care, no matter what you think, no matter what happens, stuff is going to happen. Your caregiver is going to be on the way to work and getting a car wrecked. Mm. Why you? I mean, these are the instances where I've had it. While you, oh, you could be a work, little
1: bit sensitive, bro. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but,
0: but I mean, but, but I'm just giving you a situation like, no, like you know, th- that, that happens, and then what happens is now you call the home healthcare agency and say, "Hey, I need a replacement. Like she got in a car wreck. Somebody needs to be here." They say we can't have anybody here. Now you're frustrated. Now you're mad mm. because at the end of the day, you expect it for them to have somebody there. They don't live up to that. Mm. So you get mad with them. Not everything that was irritating you about the company now come to light. Now you're ready to leave. Mm-hmm. Then you come back, you're like, oh, the other guy, the other gentleman, he did come here. He said that they'll try their best that when these instances come up. So I just be completely honest from the from the beginning, and I get you on the back end. So people, they will sometimes go to other services. And then I look at it like this. When I talk to individuals and they sit here and say, I have to have somebody, X, Y, and Z. I don't want you as my client. Anyway, I don't want to deal with that headache. Mm. So sometimes all money is not good money. I selectively pick certain individuals that I want to take into my company for that simple fact. Because I don't want to deal with somebody who their expectations, after I explain to you, this is home health care, this isn't a hospital, that we just don't have 30 people waiting. They wake up in the morning like, hey, I'm just waiting for a shift to open up in your part of town, which might be 100 miles away from my epicenter. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you what's going to be, what's the honest God truth, and then you're going to rock me. If you sit here and tell me that I don't work for you, you don't work for me. I'm not about to break my back. I'm not going to get a call at 6 a.m. in the morning because somebody missed and I'm
1: up scrambling trying to get somebody there. Now, question, do you have... Other nurses, like backup nurses or now, backup LPNs? No,
0: I do. So for my company, I do have some backup nurses and backup LPNs and CNAs and things like that. How does and that, that work?
1: Because if you assign somebody a house, um, you know, and then do you have like a floater? Do you designate her as a floater? How does that? How do you? Yeah, so,
0: so what we have, we, ha- we do have floaters. So what the way our schedule work is, you know, we got certain nurses. It's home health care. So it's not always Monday through Friday, 40 hours. Mm-hmm. Some people work 40 hours over the weekend. Mm-hmm. like they they would literally work like two 16 hour shifts Crucial. Saturday Sunday but you gotta realize this they work the whole weekend get their 40 hours in and Monday through Friday they chilling while you go to work Monday through Friday eight hours a day but this and then we cater to other to their family schedules okay so we might have somebody who work Monday Wednesday Friday 12 hours a piece
1: gotcha. 36
0: hours in, and then that's their week so the rest of the time, they're like, hey, you know, if you got anything else for me, let me know. I'll
1: fill in. Right now, there's a shortage in, like, just, like, just people applying for jobs. People don't mm-hmm. want to work right now. Do you have a lot of times where you have to pay overtime? Yeah, so we have. So what I do is what I've come to find is we'll pay
0: people either overtime or we'll give them a bonus for signing up things like this, because the hospitals are trying to grab our people and they're giving bonuses. So we give bonuses too. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit of gain. If you own any type of business and you have a shortage right now of hiring, just offer a bonus. But when people think about bonuses, they're like, man, I got to give somebody extra $1,000, $1,500, five dollars dollars for working. Yeah, but the way you do it is, like these other companies do, they stretch it out. You don't get that full money up front. Mm-hmm. But what that creates is, if I'm giving you a bonus, which is basically free money for signing up, and I stretch it out. If I'm going to give you $1,000 and sit here and give you an extra 150 on every paycheck then you get paid bi-weekly. now you're stuck with me for this X amount of time because you want to get this free money. Now I've created a point where, yes, I'm giving you an extra $150, but at the same time, now you're coming to work and you're going to be there and you're going to stay with my company at gotta, least. You beca- carry it hanging. Yeah, because I, I got to carry it hanging. Mm. So like I said… Poor people worry about the front end, rich people worry about the back
1: end. <laughs> Explain that though. You said that end. once before. Explain it to somebody who's never heard that. You know what I'm saying? You gave an example in this situation, mm. but a lot of people don't understand that. You
0: know okay, what I mean? so let me give it like this. <clears throat> if I have somebody come to me, or if I come to somebody and I sit here and say, hey, um, I want $500 for my services, mm-hmm. okay? That's what I want. Um, my bad. If I come to you and I'm like, I want $2,000 for my services. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be $2,000 for my services. And it could be something that can be done every month. Um, I One of my friends, they go get massages and all this stuff. And they're a couple. I want to say they spend like $2,000 a month on, on massages and things like that. They feel real good. Yeah, they feel real good. I, I promise like $500 a week that that, they, that they literally spend on, on massages and stuff like that. So they can afford it. Everything like this. Um, you know what? I got a better instance. This is going to be a better instance. So... I was actually at a club in, like, Alabama. I like this example. Yeah, in, like, Alabama. I was in a club in some... Some country. Some country-ass town. (laughs) Some country. But, so, when we tried to go in the club, um, it was some big party, rappers and stuff in town, so they were overcharging. They wanted, like, $300, $400 a person to come inside the club. It was a strip club, like, the only strip club there. So, they wanted $300, $400 for people to come to the strip club. We come up there, we're like... It's like eight of us. We're not giving you three hundred dollars. We can see that there's really nobody inside the strip club. They're worried about the front end, so we tell them we're like, look, there's nobody in here. It's already one a.m. Y'all got to close at three. You're literally gonna turn around, and we was like, we'll give you one fifty each. We ain't giving you three hundred. We'll give you one fifty each per person. So you're literally gonna turn around all of this money because you're worried about trying to get three hundred the front end versus worried about the back end. Mm-hmm. The back Your- end would have been. Let me go ahead and just charge them 150 a piece, get mine in numbers, mm-hmm. let them in a, my establishment, which it they're going to buy drinks, mm-hmm. buy more, get ones, which they get their 10%, all this stuff. I'm going to get my money on the back end from them. Because each one of them the business, when they come to the club and it's lit like this, they're probably going to get a session. They're probably going to drink. They're going to get their ones. I'm going to make mine on the back end. But I'm so worried about the front end, they turned us around.
1: Mm-hmm. They so, were so worried about the
0: back end. Yeah, yeah, they were so worried about the money, so they missed out. On maybe a cool fifteen hundred that they could have made because they were so worried about trying to make three or four grand up front, they I missed out. It. They were so worried about the front end. Poor people worry about the front end. I'm a business owner. I want the back end. I want to make sure that you're now. I would never go back to that club a day in my life. <laughs> right, right. Look, look. look. So just, it hurts the longevity. So, of it. so it hurt. Just like I was at a place, a new club that just opened up, Visions or something. Victory Vision somewhere. Hey,
1: hey, Gooch would be the one to introduce the strip club to the podcast. No,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. V- Vision ain't a strip club. No, v- Vision's like, so, so, but it's a, it's um, it's a new club. It's Old off Piedma. um, I went there the other day. When I get there, so I pull up in my Lamborghini. I get there. They're like, oh, it's two, what they say? It's 200 to park. I'm like, 200 to park? I'm like, bro, it's just a regular night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I paid them the 200 I would never go back to that club again. I'm mm. a multi millionaire. But, and, and when we, people gotta understand stuff, yes, I might have more money to spend on things, but we all put a number on everything. Facts. At the end of the day, like, you know, this shirt, I may have paid like $100 for this shirt. People be like, oh man, that's crazy be $100 for a shirt. I got friends that paid $1,000 for a shirt. I made more than some of my friends that pay paid $1,000 for, for their shirt. Mm-hmm. They're multi-millionaires too. But I just have a price point on what I think I should pay for certain things. No doubt. But I go to Universal Studios and I get the private tour where I get like a tour guide that walk me around and it costs me $10,000. My friends won't pay that because we got a price point on everything no that doubt, we have. No doubt, no doubt. We so, frugal in certain yeah, areas. Yeah, we frugal in certain areas. So my thing is, them trying to make money on the front end on me has made me now... I love, and the thing is, when I go to clubs and stuff, they show me major love. I'm in there. I'm like, man, this my spot. I'm in there. They show me love. I pull up, brain. yeah. I pull up in valet. <laughs> 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 I pull up in valet. I don't have to pay for valet, but I come in, I buy a section, $1,500, two grand. Here you go. I sometimes I be by myself and get a section and cost twelve hundred because I like the establishment. It's just what I do. It's you so build love. loyalty,
1: yeah.
0: But those are people that's like, okay, I know my friend. He owns experience. My friend Tiki, what he did was, on the front end, he brought me in there, gave me free food. Anytime I come in there, he Mm. showed me major love. I could call him, like, hey, I got some friends outside, X, Y, and Z. But any other time, I'm paying full price for everything else. Because in the front, he showed me major love. So he wasn't worried about the front end. But now, when he's made so much money off of me coming in there... But that's just called being a good business owner. Cause no he doubt. didn't try to nickel and dime. I come up there, like I was up the other day, he had valet. I'm like, Tiki, they got valet up here now. I'm like, man, what you doing? He was like, Gucci, I'm coming out there. He paid valet out his own pocket for me to park. Mm. That's back end. You mm. know what I'm saying? Cause he know when you I came in. He understand
1: when you come in. And when I, I came it in, go.
0: it's 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 up from there. <laughs> it's up. I'm paying for everything. But but no, but I mean, but that's the reality. So, no, I like I said, it. poor people in the mind, especially in business. You know, they want to try to make the most money out of people, almost kind of like selling clothes. You got clothes, people that sell clothes out here. And at the end of the day, yes, you could try to sell your shirt for $500, $150. But let's say you get the customer who you sell your shirt to for $20, might end up spending over a longer period of time more money. So Shaq, what Shaq ended up doing was, the story about Shaq, Shaq was at a basketball game back when he played. And this mother stopped him and almost spit in his face and said, I can't believe that you're selling your shoes. I think he was signed to Adidas or Nike something. Yeah, somewhere. I remember that. Yeah, you know, I can't believe that you're selling your shoes for $150 and I have to buy my son these shoes because he want, he loves you so much. Like, I don't have the money to buy it. Shaq said that after that, they end up offering him like a $50 million deal mm-hmm. to, you know, for him to keep his name or his he brand and stuff. It. He declined it, went to Walmart and end up, I think coming up with like a shoe that cost $20, $25. And don't quote me, either he did 400 million in revenue or sold 400 million pairs.
1: I think it it was 400 million pairs.
0: Yeah, sold 400 million pairs at $20, $25 a piece versus how many pairs of shoes you think they would have sold at $150 a piece with his name on it? Nowhere even close. I agree. Worried about wealthy, worried about the back end broke and poor, worry about trying to make all the money in the front end. Like, I don't care about my customers. Just give me the money. I need the money now. I'll get more customers.
1: No That's doubt. That's not no the du- way that you work. I could dig it. So let's get back to it, though. Now, the home, he- home health care business. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm about to get started. What's mm-hmm. the process? What am I going to do? What are we-, we doing? Um, Give me your money. <laughs> all right. What's the cost, man, for the people out there?
0: No, 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 no. All right, so... If you want to get started in the home healthcare service, we got a couple of different options. Okay. Um, one of the options is if they really want to get started right now, I have a number that they could text. Okay. And the number is 678-736-7964. And they can just test invest to that number. Okay. And when they test the word, when they text the word invest, then they're going to end up signing up for the five free steps of how to actually start their home healthcare oh, service. Oh, super
1: dope. Super dope. Yeah. Give them that number one more time, All bro. Right, so the number is
0: 678 736 7964. So it'll have my website, my Instagram, and then I give them the five free steps of how to actually sign up. I mean, how to actually start their home healthcare service. Because at the end of the day, like I said, it comes down to being knowledge. I look at it like this I give away most of my knowledge for free because at the end of the day, that's the only way that we grow. Mm. I'm already a multi-millionaire. I've already made my money.
1: But hey man, hold I, on. No, but, so I'm tired of hearing that. How much you make last year off home health care?
0: Legitly, how much I probably made?
1: Legitly. Oh hey, man. Yeah. Hey, look, man. Hey look, hey, look you, Because like,
0: because I, I had to. Because you know, on paper and one thing is like the tax man, and then you got other people and stuff like that. that off home health care. All right. So legitly, how, yeah, how yeah, much so did you off make off home health care? I probably did somewhere probably like around three. Got you. Three million. Yeah. Probably That's awesome. Like That's million.
1: awesome. What was your best year?
0: last year <laughs> okay ain't no wrong man.
1: yeah last year was my best year awesome because
0: because awesome. the thing is I put a lot of systems in place my company has grown a lot um and even like with the last week in nearly the last week my co- i probably took on like about another like 10 patients which is crazy it's like it's just growing how many and, patients and, and do you
1: currently have
0: probably like around like 60 now 60, awesome, awesome. Okay, got yeah, you. Yeah, they're, they're growing. But the one thing I love about home healthcare is every patient is the same. Like, I got another case right now from DFATS. They're paying me for 24-hour care.
1: That's the Army, right? No, DFATS,
0: Which DFATS. I you thought know,
1: DFATS was Army for some reason. No, that's VA. About, yeah, got you. VA yeah, you're right. Army. You're right, you're right. Um,
0: veterans. So, DFATS is like Child Protective Services, things like that. Gotcha. So, I got a case where I have a kid. He's like 18 years old. And they're paying me 24-hour care because he has some medical diagnosis where somebody has to take care of him. So he has to have an LPN and a CNA. Mm. Monday through, Monday, seven days a week, I provide CNA care. I bill DFATs $35 an hour. I pay my staff $20 an hour. Some of them I pay $15 an hour for this case. So let's just go off the higher number. I make $15 an hour every hour on this case I take home. Mm. So that mean every day I take home around $300, $350, $60 a day on this case. Mm. Literally every day. So people are like $300 like that's not that. So let's do 300 times. that's, 30. 2100. that's yeah.
1: 2100 in yeah. a week.
0: Yeah, so 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 at the end of the month that's nine ten. that's $10,000 that I'm taking home off this one. I'm putting it in my pocket 10 grand off of one case a month. And then on the weekend, I provide LPN care. I'm billing them at 45. I'm paying my LPN like 25. I'm making $20 an hour for 48 hours, what, four weekends, you know, so every week. So I don't know how much that is. But at the end of the month, I'm bringing home, I'm going to take home $10,000 a month. That's dope. That's super dope. And you you get these cases. So with home health care, I tell people home health care is the best way to get. So if you want to get into home health care, there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, you just go on Google and you look up home health care provider permit and then you put in your state. Once you do that, a couple of things going to pop up. Home health care services, but you want to look at the government. It's gonna, it's, everyone's going to have it. Like if I put in home health care services for Georgia, mm-hmm. I might look it up right now. I might go to my Google and you see, I'm using my Android, way better phone than iPhone, whatever. We'll get into that another day. <laughs> I mean, I have an iPhone, but that's only for, you know, you meet people and they see blue. I mean, green. Cut logo, it out. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me see. So, um, home health care permit, Georgia. Choo, choo, choo. All right, so I put in home health care, Georgia. You see, I put it in right here. So like I said, you're going to have all these other ones that pop up that are talking about like they can help you get your license or they can mm. see or actual home healthcare services, mm-hmm. but I said you want to make sure you go to the one that says .gov, right? I see that. Widget right here, private home care provider licensure packet. This letter blah 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 this .gov. So that's what you want to look up. You want to look up private home care private healthcare, I mean um home healthcare, private home care provider. And home care provider and then put in your state and then all the information and stuff will pop up and then the application process and all that will start. What's the up. application process like? So for Georgia, the application process is like you pay me and then I do it for no plan. No, but I do have mentorships and things where, where I we'll um, talk about um, that. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about that. But what ends up happening is once you actually um go to the site and things like this, they're gonna give you a packet. When they give you the packet, you just download the packet. And then they're going to tell you certain things that you have to get your LLC, your EIN. You have to have a resume, but your resume don't have to have anything with home health care. You have to get a TB test, a background check. You have to hire a nurse for your actual company, but you don't have to pay the nurse right now. They just want to see one on paper because at the end of the day, they're like, we know you just own the actual right. company. But we know you're not going to be the one actually doing the clinical. We at least want to see somebody on paper that's going to be actually handling the clinicals with your company. Understood. But that's only for, a lot of times, it's only for home health care. So you have home health care and home care. Home health care are skilled needs. That's trach and vent. That is oxygen, medication administration. You know, those are the heavier cases, like, you know, doing IV injections, pulling blood. That's home health care. That is home health agency. Understood. You have home care, which is unskilled, which is what they consider to be CNAs, certified nursing assistants, which they can't give medication. They can't pull blood. You know, they can't give oxygen. They can't do things like this, but they can do things like what we call ADL services, active daily living. That's the things that your mom and dad need help with. Like, you know, they need help getting out of bed. They need to be bathed. They need their teeth brushed. They need somebody to feed them, take them to the doctor. Understood. A lot of times for those companies, you don't have to have a registered nurse. So I tell people a lot of time, and that application is way easier and way quicker. A lot of times I tell people, just go ahead and do home care first. You'll probably be able to get your licensure quicker. Adults.
1: When you say quicker, give me a time frame.
0: So to get into home health care, just in general, you're probably looking at about three to six month time turnaround okay. once you submit your paperwork. Got gotcha. you. Um, we actually submitted somebody paperwork up in Illinois, and they came back with an approval on his application in less than 30 days. Ooh. So, 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 yeah, so it's you know, it's different different things at different places. So, but with, with home care, that's where you make that. an hour type of, you know, type of profit. But when I got private pay cases in home care, my private pay cases, I'm billing them at like $24 an hour, $22 an hour, and I'm paying my staff $12 an hour.
1: And and that three to six months still, you know, is good for that as well, for the special cases. Yeah, yeah, for the special
0: cases. But like I said, now when I do my home, my, my actual skilled cases, I'm starting to make $15 an hour, $20 an hour, $10 $10 an hour on the consistent, but like it's just more of a headache. I'm not gonna lie, it's more of a headache because mm-hmm. now you have a child or an adult that's trach invented where that nurse has to be there. Some of my cases, they, they have to be there. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it because this person could possibly die. If they do something wrong, mm-hmm. give them the wrong medication, do something they're not supposed to do, you could have an individual that is really gets sick.
1: Got but with,
0: with home care, which is the us skill, it's just, I like to say it's just like a, Glorified medically trained nanny.
1: That's <laughs> all you. they do.
0: I mean, that's what they do. They 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 can't do anything outside no, of that. I got it. And when I actually got into my home healthcare side, right before I started a nanny agency, and I looked over one of my one of my months, I had did forty k in a month off my nanny agency. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually coming out with a course talking about my nanny agency because, like I said, this is home healthcare. It's a little bit heavier. Um, it generates a lot of money. Like it's an amazing program. Anybody can do it. But my nanny agency, or owning a nanny agency, is something that you can do. You can operate. You can open up within less than 30 days mm-hmm. with about $2,000, $1,500, and start generating money now. Because with a nanny agency, I had a live-in nanny. And so things thing so funny. My ex-girlfriend, which my girlfriend at the time, she became a live-in nanny for this NBA player that was one of my cases. They called me up on, on my hotline, whatever, they said we need to live in, and he played for the, the Nets, I think. Mm-hmm. Played for the Nets. But their main house was here in Georgia. They're from Georgia. <clears throat> so she was a living. I was paying her about twelve dollars or $1,300 a week, and I was making $1,100 a week off the case. So, And this was just a nanny case. Like mm-hmm. She was living, and they was paying for everything for it. She was private jets the whole night. Oh, wow. but, but I'm making $1,100 a week off of a nanny case. But I had a lot of cases where I was making $10 a week, $8 a week. I mean, my bad, $10 an hour. I was hour. gonna ask somebody yeah, $10 yeah, yeah. a week. Yeah, ten, bro. we're going backwards. But no, but let me tell you <laughs> but, but with my nanny case, I some of my nanny cases, and I, I could like talk to the family, I could tell they didn't have the money to pay my normal rate. So I was charging some of my nanny cases, I was charging $15 an hour. When I charged $15 an hour, I was paying the nanny $12, $13 an hour. I was only taking home $2 an hour as a 40-hour case. I'm worried about the back end, not the front end. So in my mind, $2 an hour, that's nothing. Mm. But at the end of the week, that's $80. Got you. At the end of the month, that's $320, $360.
1: Now, I hear you you talking a lot about private cases. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything with, like, Medicaid, Medicare? Mm -hmm. And what are the benefits to working with that in that round? Your money guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, what extra do we have to do to, to well, like build those well, relationships well, uh, or, or get those licenses to? to so let me say, doing. so
0: one thing I love about Medicaid is when you have an individual that needs help and don't have to pay for it, they're all game. Mm. So with Medicaid and Medicare things like this, I only do Medicaid. I don't do Medicare. Um, Why? I just haven't had the time to get on and go okay, do it. Honey. Honestly, yeah, it's a lot. You know, you too busy at the club. Ha. <laughs> 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 Most days, but no, 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 no. but no, oh, but, but, but no, no, but but no, but honestly, so when you look at Medicare, Medicaid, um, I just have my Medicaid license. Once you get into this healthcare field, there's licenses for everything. Mm. You know, there's licenses to provide food to individuals. That's a Medicaid number. They have Medicaid numbers to provide care only for the elderly. They have Medicaid numbers for occupational therapy, for physical therapy. So once you get into it, you start getting all. But that the bigger companies typically hold multiple. Medicaid, Medicare numbers, private insurance, things like this. When you're first starting off and things like this, you just want to be private pay pretty much. Okay. You know, you want to then get your Medicaid, Medicare license. Is it stricter?
1: Better. Are there more, you know what I'm saying, rules? Well,
0: yeah, well, there's more rules as of if I'm accepting money from Medicaid, they have their own set of rules that we have to abide by. Got you. With private pay, I'm kind of more like free reign.
1: Do you, do you help people,
0: though, on that side? Yeah. Does your program help people yeah. with that? Yeah, so that's a whole nother program. Got so my you. first program gets people into this, just getting your first license, which you have to get your first license. Okay. Um, in some states, you can get your Medicare What's license. that program called? What you mean? So you like, said, like, you like, said the first program gets oh, you so, your license. Oh, so, so like my license, my private home care provider. Okay. No, I'm saying what's your program that helps oh, them. Oh, through? oh, 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 okay. Okay. My actual program. Yes. Okay. Um, it's called the Home Healthcare Blueprint. Understood. Yeah, so it's Home healthcare Blueprint. You go to my site. It's homehealthcareblueprint.com. And that will help me get my first license. That will help you get your first license. And then, you know, if you want my mentorship and things like that, I have a number that you could call. You can email me. You can reach out to me at whoisgooch. And I know nobody know how to spell my last name. And Gooch is actually my last name because I always get it. People are like, where do you get the name, Gooch? Gooch is my last name. And you spell it G-O-O-C-H. And if you don't know how to spell who is, you shouldn't be contacting me anyway. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs>
1: All right, so, all right, you got the mentorship. Um, you got the course to get you, you know what I'm saying, to your first license. Mm-hmm. What comes in the mentorship, bro? Like, what do you do for people in the mentorship, and why should I get the mentorship? So,
0: I advise everybody to get mentors So, my
1: course is a
0: self-taught course. Okay. You know, it's amazing. It has amazing videos, PDFs. I give you all the game. Got you. But sometimes getting all the game and having to apply it yourself is hard. So, my first mentorship is $10,000. My $10,000 mentorship is... We do your policies and procedures to be able to run your company, and my policies and procedures are state-specific, which means that they're going to have all the right phone numbers and everything, going to have your company name. When I say all the right phone numbers, I mean all the right phone numbers for the state people that needs to be in there, because whatever you do in home healthcare, you have to have policies and procedures. My course just kind of show you how to write them up yourself. I give you some of my own personal ones, but you actually have to do the rest on your own. So for the 10K, we'll do your policies and procedures, and then we give you all the applications, regardless if you buy my course or my 10K mentorship, I give you all the applications that you need to fill out for your state. Got you. So now you don't have to look up on Google and stuff like this. Okay. You get everything. It's going to be like 20, 30 PDFs. But with the 10K, we physically walk you through all of the paperwork. So okay. on the weekly, we'll set out a time, and we'll meet with you um, you know, through Zoom or phone call, and we'll say, hey, we need X, Y, and Z done. You need to do X, Y, and Z on this paperwork. You get it done, and then we move on to the next. So we just walk you through. You still have to physically do the paperwork. We just walk you through it, actually doing the paperwork. Now you're held accountable to get the shit done. Got you. Versus doing it on your own time. Then I have a $20,000 mentorship. My $20,000 mentorship is kind of more like a turnkey. where. You don't actually even do your application process anymore. We do the application for you. And I then I get people ask me, you know, is this like a franchise? No, it's not a franchise. Okay. Everything's in your name. Everything's done. But regardless of whatever you do, the 10K or 20K, there are still different things that you're going to have to do that we physically can't do, like right, get right. fingerprinted. Right. I can't get fingerprinted for you. you. You know, it's things like get your business license. You physically still have to go down into the office and get your business license oh, when you do the 20K or 10K. But both options are great. But with the 20K, after you physically get your license, now you work one-on-one with my team on getting clients, on building out your employee files, mm. which are things that, that really do mean like a big difference. So let's say like when you first get your license now, you know, you're like, I don't know where to start. What's the first step. It was the first step or thing like that. But now that you taking my course, now, you know, kind of what the first steps. Now you kind of know what you need to do. But with, instead of this way, now we're on the phone or Zoom call with you like, OK, now we need to, You need to go out and go buy 10 folders and then we're going to set them up like this for your client file. It needs to be structured like this. You gotcha. need to have these tabs in here like this. We're going to, you need to research X, Y, and Z places and set up lunch and learns. What you call a lunch and learn is where we go out and we meet with doctor offices, rehabilitation clinics, and we show them everything that we have to offer and okay. try to pull clients from them and things like that. But now when you set up your first lunch and learn, we're coaching you through what needs to be said, what you need to wear, um, what your website needs to look like you know, what your one-pager you need to look like when you go into that meeting, what topics you need to stay on. Understood. My nurse is, is talking to your nurse about how to actually structure the client files, the employee files, like when she go out and go do an intake, you know, what paperwork she need to bring, what
1: she need to do. My nurse is working one-on-one with her team on doing that. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. I got to ask, because you make it seem easy, bro. What are some of the challenges that some of your students run into that, you know, you kind of make easy for them? Um... One of the major
0: things is being held accountable. So a lot of my students, what i run into is I'll say, do X, Y, and Z. The deadline passed, and I call them. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, I need you to do this paperwork. Like, I need to get this back. Oh, man, I got X, Y, and Z going. Cool. I need this paperwork back. So mm-hmm. go ahead and get it done. All right, I have it to you by this day. So, you know, that's some of the things that I work on is, like I said, now you're held accountable. Right. Now you have somebody that's on your ass about getting stuff done because, like I said, life is life. Should get it. crazy. It does. So when things get crazy, you know, you start putting other things in priority of what actually need to be done. And, you know, thinking about, man, this company won't be open for three to six months. I got stuff I need to do now. And then, like I said, poor people worry about now. What do you worry about the back end? Like opening up a Chick-fil-A and things like that. People that open up Chick-fil-A's, they know the back end. Like they actually go through it because when you open up Chick-fil-A, you don't go apply and then you get Approved and then like a month later you got a Chick Fil A. No, to my knowledge, now you may be able to clear up. When you own a Chick Fil A, they build that thing from the ground up. They do. And and how long it take to build anything? A year. Yeah. And then, but that's a year of them building. Then you got the plans. Yeah, before. That's not yeah. the plans. Yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. them putting you through the schooling. Right. So you're two three years out on a Chick Fil A. That's the back end. That's the wealthy. Like I got time to wait. So. It's so funny, because if you tell somebody, man, you want to own Chick-fil-A, they're like, yeah. You'll be like, all right, give me um, $100,000 right now. Three years from now, you'll get a Chick-fil-A. They'll be like, cool, they'll give it. You tell somebody, give me 20K, and I'll get you a company that is going to generate more money than that Chick-fil-A. In one fourth of the time, they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like I said, Mm. people don't have vision, people don't see. But people follow me, they see my lifestyle, They understand numbers and they understand that we all need health because at the end of the day, with what I do, like I said, I can walk in any room and I can tell you, him, her, I could tell anybody at the end of the day, give me everything that you have and you can see your son one more day. You can see your mom one more day. You can live one more day on this earth. Now All you got to do is give me everything materialistic that you built for your whole life. And most people would give it up because I've sat with people who literally watched their mother, their father, Mm -hmm. their child die, people up under my care, people up under my hospice care, they've watched them die in front of them. Mm -hmm. And they always go back and say, I wish I had more time. I would give anything for more time. When you're not healthy, you don't care. Like you ever had like the the stomach flu or stomach virus where it's coming out both ways. At the end of the day, you don't goddamn <laughs> care. You in bed. You drink one sip of water and ten times as much come out. You don't even understand how that shit's even possible. Like you don't know which way to go to the toilet, front or back. It don't even matter. But no. But what I'm saying, but what, that's what healthcare. With healthcare, once you become sick, nothing else matters. Mm. Once somebody that you love is sick, nothing else matters. You're but. Most, and the fun thing is, most people are in debt in the United States have to do with health care bills. Mm. More people are willing to go broke, give up everything they have to get the drugs, the medicine, the care to help either them or somebody else that they love out. How can you bet against that? Mm. My industry, regardless, like I said, we in war, the only two things that really matter is really trucking and, and healthcare care at the end of the day. Mm. And healthcare care supersedes that because you can't drive a truck if you're not healthy. Boom. So how do you bet against that? All I'm doing is leveling the playing field because if you look at real estate back in 2008, before 2008, and most people can see and understand this, you thought that you had to have a real estate license to make money in real estate. Facts. That's what I thought. But then everything crashed, and then you had all these people pop up like, man, you can make money in real estate by just flipping houses. You can make money in real estate by doing this, this, and this. Now today's world, we know that you can make money in real estate. you don't have to have a real estate license. Hell, I think more people are making money in real estate that don't have real estate license than people that actually have real estate licenses.
1: I agree with that. So
0: but 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 before a certain time, only thing people knew was get your real estate license, now you can flip houses. get your yeah. real estate license now you can rent, get your real estate license, now you can sell houses and make commission. Mm-hmm. But that same thing with healthcare and home health care in general. People think that you have to have a degree. People think that you have to have a license. People think that you, well, you have to have a license that you get through the state. You have to have a degree. People think that you have to have a medical background, medical training, but that's just not the truth. So I'm trying to change our thinking, people of our color, people white, black, Asian, whatever color they are, because the more people that I can help open up companies mean that that's more assets for people to be able to get home healthcare services in that area. Especially people of color, too. And people of color, too. So, at the end, so that's what I'm more focused on. Like, I get on here, I play around, I make jokes about me being a millionaire, I make jokes about this. <laughs> but at the end of the day, my core reason is being able to help people become millionaires. I believe there are certain people put here in this life to be able to dedicate and be able to give up their happiness and everything that they want and need to be able to help other people out. Mm. I believe that I'm one of those people. Like I said, I have fun. I do all the fun stuff and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, what, yeah. But what, what what really makes me happy is helping other people reach their dreams and goals. I could dig so it. So my thing is, people ask me all the time. They're like, "Man, you're 32, no kids, no wife, <laughs> no girlfriend. How is that even possible?" And you're rich and you're handsome. I mean, you, know, you said whatever. that part, bro. Don't be on <laughs> I mean, here. You know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but no, but but my thing, but they they ask that question and I sit here and say and I tell them, I said, I'm too focused on my students and growing my company. Because at the what I've come to come know is people get complacent and people stop growing. Once they start making money, it is easier to become a multi-millionaire. It is easier to become successful and wealthy than it is to actually stay wealthy. Mm. That it actually is easier. I so, agree. I mean, it's easy to make a million dollars. Well, to us, no, it's easier to make a million dollars. It's hard to keep it. But it's harder to keep it and keep money flowing in. No, That's why not? most people go broke. So what I've come to find out is I think that I'm placed here. I think most people are placed here to be able to go without so other people can go with.
1: There it is. I love it. I love it. Now, question to you, you making all this money, bro. You're in here talking and I still big don't have smoke. A Rolex. Cut it out, okay, bro. What is that, bro? Not a it Okay. I'm pretty sure that, that, yeah, he put it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what I was gonna ask you is, you making all this money. You know, do you own real estate outside of your outside of your mansion, bro? Don't let me talk down, bro. Thank you, please. <laughs> yeah, my bad, bro. I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Got you, why not? I'm focused only on
0: healthcare right now. I'm gonna focus was... only on healthcare. And something that I don't do that I try to explain to a lot of people is there are times where you can get out and do multiple things, mm-hmm. but sometimes your time isn't right now. I, I so agree with that. A lot of people go broke because they. Have knowledge, or they have people around them that's like invest money here, do this, do this, do this. I've been there and, too, though, and, and they're running around with a like a chicken with a head cut off, Man. trying to do all this stuff. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And versus <laughs> just focusing and mastering one thing and then moving on to the next. Right now, I have courses, I have mentorships. My home healthcare service is growing very fast. If I take on anything else on my plate right now. Like I, I like my time. I literally wake up in the morning. I work all day. I work all night. I get out. I do have my fun. But then it's so funny because I went on my side by side out to the woods. Got back home at one a.m. Took a shower. Sat in bed and worked the an hour and a half before mm-hmm. I went to sleep. So for what I
1: do, but you are living on your own terms. So I'm, that's the I'm beautiful terms. And, and, and I
0: can hire somebody to do a lot of what I do. But the one of the things is I have students. That look up to me, I have a mentorship of people that literally come to me and like, hey, I wanna do what you do. The only way that I can honestly teach people what I do is by staying doing what I do on the day-to-day basis. I'm not one of them people that I get, I, I did Turo and got two cars and put them on Turo, and now I'm the Turo guru. <laughs> That's not what I do. I own and operate my company on I a day. day. I can literally look over my phone right now and tell it keep going off because one of my nurses or somebody's calling me. Gotcha. Emails and stuff that's going in. And I, I'm, i like you said, an owner-operator. And, and I love working hard. And that's what I dedicated myself to gotcha. being able to do. Now,
1: the one thing I'm going to tell you, though, is that everybody has a relationship with real estate. You know what I mean? You no, collect it or you're paying it. Yeah, So as you're making your money, uh, I, believe it or not, an easy way... To retain your wealth, just
0: give it to you and let you do what you need to do no, it. Man, saying.
1: <laughs> hey, that too. But, but, you know, seriously though, you know, tax write offs and benefits that you get off buying, holding real estate mm-hmm. are the key thing. You know what I mean? Like Trump got so many properties, mm-hmm. but there's laws, tax laws, that give him tax benefits yeah. because he has that. So, for example, let's say you had, you know, 20 rental properties and you got a tax write off of 5000 per property, mm-hmm. you know. This ain't a lot of money to somebody like yourself, but it's a benefit that, you know, you wouldn't you would 20 times 5,000 is 100,000. Mm. You wouldn't pay taxes until you make a, th- a 100,000 how much one of those
0: properties cost.
1: Um, where I'm at in the Midwest, um, man, you're 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 spending anywhere between 100,000 to 200,000 for a rental property. Okay. But you're only putting down, you know, for somebody like yourself, you don't have time to do all the rehab and stuff like that. Yeah. You want to invest and just watch your cash return. Mm-hmm. So you would put 20% down. Okay. So if you did a, a home for $100,000, you are putting 20000 down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you could just have that going. And you're getting cash flow, you're getting tax benefits, and appreciation, and so much more. Because you have a
0: course too, don't you?
1: I do, I do. I teach people how to get free rental properties, bro. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But that's a little bit more intensive, because the way I teach you, you invest, you do, you remodel. Okay. And then you get your money back out and, and, and do it again. You for somebody like yourself, you need what's called turnkey. Okay. You need a tenant in there. You need somebody managing that. You mm. just want to see the check and you want hey, to look, see your expenses. You
0: know something that I've noticed and make a lot of money. Was that? One of
1: my friends, he
0: does property management. Mm-hmm. Hell, his Lamborghini bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it, no, for nah, no, no, my
0: friend. No, i have not property man. I didn't know property management. These folk
1: out here making a killing. Yes. Yeah, so you make ten percent of their uh, of their rents. So Wait. so basically basically time— you make ten percent of it? Uh, I do like the due diligence on like buying the properties. Gotcha. Oh. You. Gotcha. You. So she's doing the the, the research to acquire. Yeah. But the truth We're is, let's 10%. 10%. so let's say for instance he had a hundred properties, right? Uh-huh. Everybody charging a thousand dollars. He's getting a hundred dollars per property. Mm-hmm. And that's how he's making his money. That's I, just I've, I've that been one. You good, oh, you good. What the hell? That's just what the but hell? that's just <laughs> off that's just off the 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 management fee. Yeah. That's not saying that's not counting the uh the property maintenance. Oh, so when you're doing maintenance, you put another 20% on there. But it's a cheat code though, right? This is what property management is. Let's say I, I got 20- p- you guys
0: know me and Eric coming out with a property management course <laughs> together. Um, I need that uh, <laughs> 20% on top of the-
1: no, just- <laughs> But seriously though, but think about it like this though. If I'm about to get rid of my portfolio, I got 20 properties. The first person I have to tell is my property manager mm-hmm. because he has to tell the tenant that, hey, we're going to be doing walkthroughs to show the property. Mm-hmm. That means he knows that I'm going to get rid of my properties. He can get my properties on a discount before I put them on the market. Oh wow! So it's a cheat code. He he learns off all my mistakes, and he's collecting as he's learning. But, but how hard is it to become? I ain't trying to do that. Uh, that ain't yeah, what that, I'm, I. Mean, that, I ain't that, no that, specialist. Yeah, I ain't trying to do yeah, that. I
0: mean, because that, that seemed like it's kind of hard. Because like. For the—be a property management manager and stuff like that, it's kind of like you always got to have relationships with other people and stuff. It's kind of like one of those type of things where, like you said, for what I do is I just look on Google, the closest person. For that, it's more of like a handshake type of thing. It is. It is. That's you are
1: out like. there building relationships. You're going to RIA meetings. RIA meetings the real estate group meetings. You're out there, you know, going to apartment complexes. You know, you. it is—real estate is a relationship-based um, type of— uh, Industry in order for you to flourish. Okay. You know what I'm saying? and But relationships are the key to life. No, they are. You know what I mean? So, like, that's just, uh, that. but relationships are going to be the engine. But a property manager is the cheat code to okay. real estate. Because, like, again, you know everybody's business. You know, you, know, <laughs> you know what they making. So, you know, oh, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. Oh, mm. this area ain't hitting like that. Uh, he did that. I'm not doing that. He's about to get rid of some properties. Hey, let me get those before you give them to the realtor. Yeah. You save on a million dollar package, you save 6% right there, 60,000 just because you were the property manager. Yeah. And then you could say, hey, I got a buyer, another investor over here that'll take those and you could just say, I'm going to just charge you 20,000 for the transaction for connecting. Yeah. And you're giving it up. It's a cheat code. Yeah, yeah. Man, right on for coming through, bro. No, no, definitely, man. Yeah, before we let you go, though, man, one more time, let the people know where they can contact you, um, what they got to do to tap in with you if they're interested, you know what I mean, in starting their own healthcare business. No, definitely. So, they can reach me at 678-736-7964,
0: and all they have to do is text INVEST. But the good thing is, like, I actually do check these messages. So, once you sign up and stuff, we send you the information about- um, how to get the five free steps and things like this. But, like, you actually can hit me and be like, hey, you know, I got a question about this. And then I do have, you go to homehealthcareblueprint.com. Um, I do have a calendar that you could get on that you can physically talk to me or my team um, for 15 minutes. And then we have the hour long call for like $120. My fun thing is, my calendar right now, my calendar, I'm booked out 15 calls a day, Monday through Friday from now into February to talk to me. Uh, but, but like I said, the $120 calls are available or you can hit me on the community line. And I, like, a lot of times people hit me on my Instagram at whoisgooch or hit me on the community line and they'll be like, hey, your schedule is all the way booked out here. Can I get on the schedule quicker? And then I'll throw you, or one of my VAs will throw, me, throw you on the schedule quicker or mm. you hit me on my Instagram. I might call you right then and there. Because I literally go through and I might be waking up in the morning and be like, let me just hit you. this person right there. So those are kind of different ways that they want to be able to reach out. I'm glad out. you
1: ain't charged me 120 for your time, my guy. Uh, oh, no, no. You're going to get a bill. Oh. I, need, I need your email. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We about to get out of here, man. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend, man, to make sure that you like, share, comment, man, and also, also, tap into the uh, next episode, man. Make sure. Thank you for having us, man. And Definitely a i see you on the other side. Man, you proud, bro. <laughs> he said, hold on. He used a he said I got a better example. Went to the strip club <laughs> for the example and, went and elaborated on his strip club experience. <laughs> 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 hey man, look, you know it's be funny with me.